0: Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano.
1: On this episode, we talk prawns on pizza, Duolingo and the hugely successful move to Treviso for England international and star fly half Jacob Umanga.
0: Refer to Rich as coach. It's more like an ironic name because, well, he was a wing and doesn't really understand much about how the game of rugby (laughs) works.
2: Yeah, the nuances are lost on me. I just stand and run, right?
1: They're obviously like 10 years out of playing rugby themselves. So we always joke that Rich doesn't really look like (laughs) a wing anymore. (laughs) That's
2: what happens as you get older. That's what happens. He can still do a backflip though. I can, weirdly. <laughs> I would love to see that.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, actually, I'll put that on the socials. I forgot to edit that in. I'll put that, yeah, <laughs> I'll get that it. in. So we have the enormous privilege of having England international wasps turned Benetton fly-half Jacob Umanga with us on the pod today. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank
3: you very much for having me.
1: So you're back in England now after your first season at Benetton. Obviously, you've been through... Quite a year if we go back to kind of this time last year obviously you were living in a different country let's jump straight in if that's all right kind of yeah. going back to that sort of tumultuous phase towards the end of last year with wasps going under which was super super sad especially for eddie who was a huge wasps fan uh, well you should say
0: for the pod i'm a benetton fan
1: yes of course of course we're all benetton <laughs> but when
0: i was a child wasps my team yeah my my grandpa once drove me all the way to when they were in high wickham to watch them there from South London, which is a bit of a trek. He was like, Why can't we just go watch Harlequins? I was like, No, 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 no. We're gonna
1: <laughs> I mean, how was that for you? Were you guys at the club aware of what was happening? Did they keep you sort of in the loop?
0: Um, it
3: was a a very interesting time. Like there was rumors for a couple of weeks and it all happened so quickly um, within the space of probably a week 10 days we kind of we were told at the start oh yeah we're going to be fine we'll be sweet and then the next thing where lads you haven't got a job do the best you can but we you, you're not getting paid anymore and it just kind of progressed so quickly it was hard to kind of um, comprehend what happened and it's probably only taken probably to the end of this season to actually go through and you know deal with what's actually happened and properly come to terms with it and it, it's, it's been difficult very difficult and then moving on to a different country as well has been even more
1: yeah Yeah,
0: and it was was quite tight so you played your last game i think was at northampton for wasps and then six weeks later you were playing for benetton
3: yeah yeah i'd only been in italy for like two days and then i was (gasps) playing for i came off the bench to play against edinburgh
1: i can't even imagine for you guys as players obviously how does it work presumably you all have agents and your agents are then sort of scrambling to try and find you new clubs
3: yeah it was um so everyone was pretty much straight on the phone to their agent after we had the chat like right we've, we've gone under what what can you do and it was obviously i think worcester had just happened a few weeks before so there was already 50 yeah. players that were looking for jobs and there's another 50 players that were looking for jobs to be fair to my agent he he was very good and the boys that he had at the club he managed to sort out pretty quickly but yeah if he hadn't have um it was i'm not really sure what i would have been doing right now if i'd have picked up a job there's a couple of boys i know that still haven't
1: oh god
3: or have just had to kind of take a short-term contract don't know what they're doing next year so it's i kind of got an extra year out in, in italy
0: well every cloud because now you get tiramisu get prosecco okay. <laughs> pizza pasta yeah and you're not the only wasp there, either. Well, you've got Marcus Watson, there, And then you've got Minotsi is obviously there. Yeah. And then Fekatoa's is going there. Yeah. And uh, well, I don't know if there's someone else going there as well. I, I don't I don't know.
3: Is there someone?
0: Well, I don't know. I don't I do we will get well, well, you know, because your business partner, there's rumours flying around that he might be going there.
3: <laughs> I can either confirm or no. <laughs> No, I, I've, I'm not, He hasn't told me anything and uh, we are pretty close so he hasn't said anything but yeah it was good actually turning up and knowing a few people because if I obviously come to a different country and not, not to speak the language if I didn't know anyone I'd been struggling a lot those boys helped me out to be fair.
1: Yeah I mean it must have been not just a huge shock to the system as you say and something that you've had to process over the last six months or so it takes time to decompress from all that. But um, as you say, culturally, just a huge shock moving to a different country. Did you go, your girlfriends come with you as well? So you're yeah, yeah. She right.
3: came out uh probably a month after I did. She came initially for the first month, right. but then uh she stayed back and sorted out everything at home. And now right. she's now she's out there with me.
1: Amazing. Oh, so you're like sort of you feel like you're starting starting a new life. Yeah. How, yeah. how is Treviso? Yeah. Do you like it as a city, as a place? It's to lovely.
3: Make... Absolutely lovely. It's not somewhere I ever pictured living, but being there now, it's it's a lovely place. We're five minutes walk from the town centre. So
0: oh. Is, that, is that inside or outside the walls, Jacob? Apparently it makes a big difference. Are you inside the walls? No, just outside the wall. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> we, we drove our car, well, my girlfriend's mum and partner drove an English
0: car over, so we needed um, a car parking space. So
1: Oh, great. So, so you've got your steering wheel on the other side?
0: Yeah, we did that. We, drove, we like, a couple of years ago, we drove uh, our car. We did a road trip of Italy for a couple of months. So I know the car parks of Treviso very well, actually. <laughs> Well, that, that one giant one by the walls. What was that? This giant one by the wall. How do I describe this? <laughs> the big car park. All directions from Treviso must start from the carousel. So you go to the carousel <laughs> where the children go round and round in the main square. Ah, uh, yes, definitely. Yes, yes.
3: <laughs> <All right>, very sorry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, got yeah. You go down that road, <laughs> right down the end. So you have the car. You go down that road right to the end, and then and then you turn left, and then you go down there, and eventually you get like to the end of the walls, and there's a big car park on the left. And our Car park is a big these.
1: word. I mean, <laughs> it's an outdoor space where a lot of cars park.
0: That's the definition of a car park, isn't it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're basically living our dream life. Every time we go out to Treviso, which is probably about twice a year to watch a game, coach is just like, why don't we live here? Why don't I live here? I must find a way to live here.
2: Before I land, I'm thinking that i don't even yeah. get there i just go the best place to live it is a good place
1: and so have you found that the rugby culture is very different in bannerton as opposed to sort of clubs in the uk in terms of kind of socially training is it is it very different
3: yeah no it's is massively different just i think obviously firstly like the facilities are very different from uh what we had at was because we just built a new a brand new training center oh. um so like that was all kind of very modern and then coming to Garada, like for the first time it was uh, it was it was very different just uh <laughs> it's kind of like when Wasp were back at broad street very similar to to what it was like there but i think with the the way that the club is we've got a good mix of italians argentinians and foreigners um like everyone kind of keeps to their groups it's quite cliquey um but mm. everyone still gets on but mainly just for, like from a language side of things you don't want to be trying to
1: yeah
3: force conversation and it's just easier for the italian boys and they've all grown up together and same with the argentinians that have come over together
1: that makes sense um
3: it is it was a big change especially like, coming over in that first week it was very different
1: and it's presumably the, the coaching staff speak in English and Italian.
3: Yeah. So uh, Marco will speak in Italian and then we'll translate bits back into English. Um, Mazzi will do the same. Um, and then we've got um kitty who's our defense coach he's scottish so he just does it pretty much all in english and then people translate to italian for them
0: and maddie was he actually at wasps as well the yeah yeah Massey. yeah, yeah was, he was he coached me in the academy actually for a, a year so is he is he extra tough on you because of that like, i told you when you were <laughs> 15. <Jeff. laughs> Yeah, he's, he's 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 good.
3: He's such a good coach as well. As you've seen from our attacking shape this year, he's yeah, he's been very good at that.
0: When you come over and you're 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 new in a club, particularly at fly half, and I know you played fullback as well, so you are you know, multi-talented, multi-talented. But I can't even imagine what it'd be like to go into a high-pressure game and put a stamp on it at a position like that, like straight off the bat must be quite a challenge
3: uh yeah
0: and then I think if you add in the fact it was in a different language it was
3: more <laughs> difficult I'm trying to say these words I've learned and I just did I was saying right I was trying to just say as anything I could that sounded <sighs> Italian in, in the first game um but obviously the the boys of the team are so used to Tommy uh in their 10 for so long and then for them to adjust it t- it definitely took a few games um but we're we're slowly getting there now I think my Italian on field is getting slightly better
1: and that's what you're so you're speaking Italian to them like you're giving those orders at least like in part in Italian
3: well all the calls yeah are in Italian but at the end like it's still just a word see so if you kind of just learn the yeah. words it's not too bad but the, it's the micro chat which is is quite difficult because they, yeah. they speak very fast and I can't Understand what they're saying.
1: And does the club give you sort of extra? Like, do you get Italian lessons as part of your contract with them? Yeah, yeah. So we had 10
3: lessons at the start of the season, but I, because I came halfway through, I think they were seven lessons in. So I picked, just picked up the the end of it. The Duolingo has been my best friend for the last <laughs> nine to six months. <laughs>
1: Are you on a on a streak with them?
0: 149 days. Very no good. And do you wager your lingots? Say it again. Do you wager your lingots? I used to wager my lingots and then I'd lose them all. No, I don't. Do I need to?
1: He doesn't need to because he's actually consistent. I think you can wager them so that even if you miss a day, you get this like the streak. Oh, perfect. right.
0: Okay, yeah. No, i get you. Um, get but you. then
1: Eddie would miss two days and he'd lose all his lingots. And...
0: Yeah, and now then Duo gives you passive-aggressive messages to your phone. I keep getting texts halfway through the day like, are you
1: going to do some Italian
0: today? <laughs> He's given up on me. I got a message <laughs> recently going, these messages don't seem to be working. Do you want to delete that?
1: <laughs> do you want to delete that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I got flirty ones from mine. It just says, oh, we missed you today. <laughs> <laughs> did you know
1: <laughs> now you are originally from yorkshire yeah born and bred
3: uh well i was born there uh, i lived
0: for five or six years that was by. i lived in um, halifax or just outside of halifax
1: now these two boys know a lot about yorkshire
0: god's own country god's own county I never yeah. know if it was country or county. It's county, because it is a county. Yeah, but Yorkshiremen <laughs> think it's a country.
2: They do. That's why we love them so much. But yeah, we used to play um, We used to play at Otley, and uh, where well, we played at Leeds Uni as well, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, nice.
1: They left Leeds Uni rugby to mm. go and join Otley because it was less cliquey. Was that right?
2: It was club rugby more yeah. than clique
0: rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long ago would that have been? Oh. We're quite old. <laughs>
1: We're quite old.
0: Right? <laughs> Twenty 2010 we were there yeah 28 2008 2009 yeah
1: that's nearly 15 years ago
0: well, no, let's not talk about it anymore. And he can still do a backflip <laughs> very that's impressive
1: a... i mean jacob would have been like what 5 10 coming to watch you guys 15 years ago so.
0: no one was coming to watch
3: us oh, yeah i've been 10 i've been 10 years old
1: now obviously you've been now with the club for a few months you yourself come from a, a huge i think it's fair to say rugby dynasty and Benetton made it this year to the semi-finals of the Challenge Cup against Toulon, who knocked them out. Eddie, I think you wanted to to ask yeah. a question specifically about Toulon.
0: Because obviously, Toulon became the superpower it is now, like very much thanks to your uncle, I believe it was Tana Umanga, who really was a major part in turning that club into a superpower. I before the game, did you speak to him before or had you been there before? Or was there any sort of added fun or excitement because of that? Um, I went once
3: when I was a kid. We went over for uh, for him to, when he, he played a game. We went to go watch him one weekend. But I, no, I didn't actually speak to him before the game. But I've got a friend who is out there who was at Leicester. And he um, like oh. he telling me how they idolized him when he was there. Mm he couldn't um he like couldn't walk around in, in the streets, he'd like have to wear hood up, glasses on, everything. Wow. My mum was telling me actually when we were there like, they had to do a similar thing to try and get him out of the stadium, they had to like hide him put him out back back door entrances and stuff.
0: <gasps> no way. Wow. I yeah, mean yeah. he was he was the best player in the world at the time. He was
3: Yeah. A superstar. Was very good. I think they were just in the Pro D2 as well, so they and they were closing yeah. up so I think for them it was a massive deal and then he obviously got like Jerry Collins to come over Sonny Bill and started from there I mean that oh, just just, just the
0: three of them that's enough to win games I think yeah yeah it'd be a hell of a team. <laughs> had you ever experienced an atmosphere like that Stad my all game I mean I hadn't as a spectator I can't imagine what it would be like to actually be on that pitch.
3: Yeah, as, as an away team, I don't think I've ever ever had that. And it was, I, was, I sat on the bench and I, like, the rain was pouring down and I heard all the fans screaming and I was like, do I really want to... <laughs> <laughs> go into this <laughs> um, but when you're on there like it was it was amazing like it was definitely one of the best crowds I've ever played in front of
1: it was incredible I mean for us we we obviously were there we met you there and it, I've never experienced anything like that yeah, that level
0: and nor- I'm saying normally I'm the loudest like I'm a real dickhead when I watch rugby and I, I scream and I yell but I couldn't even hear myself thinking there you know I'm yeah. trying to yell as loud as I can and the people just next to me are louder I mean they're all really lovely people but collectively yeah they're a monster oh absolutely
1: yeah i mean they won the game and they were still booing the ref after the, the end like... it
0: didn't make any sense he could do anything and he was just he was
1: anything
0: under- but that but that was part of what they were doing when they kick the ball out it doesn't matter where the ball crossed the line wherever that touch judge stopped he was going to get harassed Hundred <laughs> percent.
1: well but Benetton made it to the semi-finals which obviously you know that's never happened before it's huge for us do you feel Feel having now been with the club a little while. How easy is it, or hard, to tell when you're in camp, when you're training with the team, how good you guys actually are? Is that quite tricky when you're when you're training for games and to to kind of have a real sense of like how good you can be? And
3: yeah, no, it's it's pretty difficult because like when we train in the week, the boys don't really go hundred percent. It's, it's very laid back, and I like, will jog through moves and we'll walk through. Moves. Very rarely, kind of run flat out and then I'm thinking to myself we get to the warm-up I'm like well we've not trained like when in in England you'd go 100% every 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 time yeah again I'm like I'm not really sure the boys are there and i (laughs) sat on the bench and I watched the first 20 minutes and the boys are firing the plays are coming off and I'm like oh okay well it must just be how they are at training that gets somehow gets them through through the game
1: that's That's, fascinating it is fascinating because right like I would assume a bit like how you're saying in England that you have to go 100% also and, in training, yeah, or at least 95%.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, like one of the big complaints that you hear about in English rugby is that the training is too intense, and it's causing a lot of injuries and burnouts. So, yeah, I think that's really fascinating.
0: I mean, but also maybe it's easier to go 100% when you're not a fly half, or maybe harder, you know, when you are a fly half, you you know, I kick that ball really hard that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Meanwhile, the front row union are sweating bullets, smashing each other. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, sh-
3: I should say that those the forwards do get do get beasted, uh, <laughs> but like it's it's a different level to to what I was used to, and uh, yeah. like That's I just you... I remember vividly, Nacho Brex would just be jogging in training and never really put like a, a tackle in all. but then in the game you see him flying at people's knees.
0: It's and incredible. And I'm like, how how do <laughs> how does this like transfer into a game? Well, so interesting about that is because obviously all the coaching staff, they've all like bought a line, they've all done time in England. Yeah. You know, they're all English coaches well, Massey. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that where that culture comes from, like, how, it,
1: how well also I suppose the question is, and maybe you you know the answer to this, maybe that's better if if you're not giving a hundred percent or like, you know, you're giving as much as you feel you need to give, but you know that you can you're saving your energies for the game, does that mean that there's less injury risk in training? And so actually the coaches are okay with it because they know that you'll turn up on the day and do this 100 even though they haven't seen it i, I think guess.
3: maybe yeah with certain people they can they can get away with that but i think so, obviously some of the forwards need to yeah basically ready but then some of the backs and like, maybe the halfbacks as well we can just kind of be cruising at 60 70 knowing that you've kind of got the muscle memory for when it comes on a saturday you, you back yourself but it's, it, yeah it's, it's an interesting
0: especially because benetton's got quite a big squad now and the squad seems to be getting bigger. There's quite a lot of players there. And if you're a player that's sort of on the edge of that squad, you know, trying to get noticed to get a look in, I mean, it's not going to be helpful for you if, if, you, if you, if everything's a bit slower. You know, what I mean, where, where, where's the time where you prove yourself, you know, you're, yeah. you're the seventh choice back row forward and you want to like show that you're up for it or up to it. Yeah.
3: we usually have about three 15s at one time so we usually have like two teams obviously training against each other and then one wow. team you know, doing kind of con games on the on another pitch which i when i saw that it kind of blew my mind that there was this many people training
0: yeah, yeah. it is actually something a lot of the sort of benetton fans talk about when they you know they sign new players and, and they go well w- where's the game time for these people to actually come up to a standard there's only so many games in the bkt urc yeah and then you've got the european games you know there, there's no, second league, there's no other place they're putting these players there's no team that they put out into the top 10 or something to get game time it is difficult i think
3: some of the younger lads managed to get out to kind of Moliano or rovigo or Uh something like that but some of the guys that have been signed as like first team players end up just kind of traveling with the team every week i know sam hidago klein i think he traveled for the last kind of six seven games and didn't get any minutes so so it's frustrating that many that many players in your squad
1: and that must get frustrating for the player but also if you're not getting let alone game time but even like you know that much training time because you're like the third one that must both mentally and practically give you a bit of a knock to your confidence if you're not getting the game time then to suddenly have to turn up after you know traveling with the team for six seven games oh now you're on but you've not had the the training all the time
3: yeah it's it's, it's like a, an age-old thing like you get your you get your chance and you have to be like a hundred percent and this is like this is the same at any club but then you haven't played for however many weeks and you're rusty and you make kind of one error and it's like the whole world comes crashing down because it's your one opportunity so it's a difficult position to be in Yeah. That sounds tough.
0: So Benetton's formed this year. Do you guys just hate Ryanair? I mean, because it seems like really amazing interviews. So, and then, and then, and then you get on the flight and then, and then sometimes it's not quite the same at the other end. And I, I think it probably is Ryanair. We're
3: well, usually a jet two team, I think.
1: Oh. Hey. How are you? <laughs> now we're just slagging off airlines. <laughs>
3: It, this i've never been a part of a team that struggles on on the road as much as as ben is on it kind of blew my mind at first when we uh, turned up and or like it's like a thing the lads know like oh once we go away like it's, it's difficult for us to win and i was like why like we're, we're still why? we're still playing the same sport as if we're at yeah. home
0: I do. Yeah, and it's sure. a bit frustrating as a as a fan because part of the reason why we do this podcast is because you know people in England don't know much about Italian rugby, and we think there's a lot of like platitudes and sort of outdated ideas about what it is. But then what most people see is the games when they're in the UK, and that's not ever showing themselves in their best light. No, I agree. My dad took me to watch the Glasgow game where I think it was thirty three nil or something. Or
1: yeah, it was brutal.
0: Was that the start of the season?
3: Because the, the boys mentioned that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was pre-Christmas. It was just awful. Travel all this Nailed. way to Glasgow. Nilled in Glasgow. Oh. And then we, we played them like not that long before and we'd beaten them comfortably at home. So what is it? What What's the problem?
3: Um, I don't know if you know the answer, let us know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I wonder how much of it becomes a mental thing, right? As you say, like if the boys are already saying like, oh yeah, we can't win away. Mm-hmm. That sort of, narrative becomes what you know in your head.
3: Essentially, I think it was a big one obviously beating the Ospreys this year, like away. I think someone said it was the first win outside of- Yeah. Italy in the URC for like two three years or something like that which was mental
1: I think our only two away wins in the URC this year were Ospreys and obviously Zebre. but yeah it's mental because they're so good you guys are so good at home
3: I know it's literally like a a whole different team is just playing maybe like the the way we travel was was new to me as well we sometimes we travel on the Thursday if we're playing on a Saturday just because of flights and obviously when you're traveling so much you kind of like you can't miss big flights um so you obviously get a longer time on away trips so I think maybe that's that's always kind of get comfortable at the ho- like at the hotel or a bit more relaxed than being at home
0: um that might be something that plays into it that's fascinating I, I thought the travel was like much closer than that
3: well most teams would well when we we're definitely at wasps if we we're playing away we'd be flying on the we'd fly the day before mainly yeah or if we were doing like a long travel we'd stay the night before but yeah most times i think we played connor we flew on a thursday
1: and then you're there for two days before the game
3: yeah even the Os- ospreys game we played two days before and like sometimes we'd fly to london i think for cardiff we flew to london and then got a bus all the way <gasps> to the Oh, Cardiff, kind of, sorry. And then we do the same for the Swansea game like the week after or something like that. So there's a lot of travelling, which, which might take it out of the boys.
1: That is tough, actually, travelling and then getting on a coach and then you're sort of at, at the whim of Ryanair, Jet2, yeah. whoever it is that don't fly every day from Venice, so.
0: Well, maybe Cornel Els will change that next season because I think he's doing, helping a lot with the logistics for next season because he's injured his arm, so he's sort of retired. And I think he's, I saw online that that's one of his jobs that he's doing next year is helping with, Logistics, oh, traveling and logistics. So to have a player that's done it actually yeah, that's yeah what it's yeah. about. Well
3: oh, that'd be good. Yeah, I heard that they'd um offered him a job, but I wasn't sure what it was what it was in. But that'd be good if you have got someone else to cause uh our team manager does it and he does so much so I
0: imagine he's
1: needs some help. Yeah,
0: well if he needs assistance, coach could also help books flights and stuff before it's not his first <laughs> time, you know. Got a very good rating on booking.com Got some
2: points that I can use. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So do you think that you know we've touched on it briefly obviously that we find we started this podcast because there was just so much kind of two-dimensional talk in English about Italian rugby. What do you think Benetton need to do next year? Can they grow like what is the next ambition for Benetton and do you think that the club now how it's sort of lined up has the strength to to build from this year just gone
3: definitely i think obviously the people we bring in as well will help i think what i learned this year is that they, they struggle big when the uh the internationals go away so having a couple more solid players there and there's no disrespect to the you know the young italian lads coming through because they are good it's just having some more experienced players there like yeah. Matti and andy uran and uh yeah, eli Sneiman as well something like that will definitely help boost the squad and then just winning on away games i think if we'd have won a couple away games we were in the, like um we could have been in the playoff spots yeah just yeah. little things like that it just would would turn the confidence of the group massively.
0: I think that's you know hopefully part of the journey, you know you make first of all your home a fortress and I think that box has thoroughly been ticked 100%. And then you take it on the on the road and you start picking off some away games. I think the rugby that you guys play is so fun to watch when it's on it's, really when, it's on. when it's on it's on it is
3: yeah. <laughs> absolutely but it's interesting because when i first turned up and i was speaking to the lads they were like yeah we just kind of kick the ball and chase it and then i started watching it and i was like where where do we do this because we've got people running in tries from all over the place and i don't know if it's just kind of like an, an internal thing the lads kind of did but we've just completely turned it around
0: what's rhino smith like he's absolutely electric to watch do people know what he's going to try and pull out the bag when he when he catches it back there or is it
3: nah yeah he's 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 quite unpredictable but um he's a classy player and when I first turned up Marcus um Watson actually said um keep an eye out for for Reno he's he's unbelievable like he's the most balanced runner he's seen he's so skillful and then like the more I got to know him like he can literally do everything like he can goal kick he's a great kicker as well yeah he's a very very
2: talented player
1: he's fantastic and he can backflip coach
2: well, I can front flip, so <laughs> who's the best, really?
1: Actually, that's what I'll do. I'll put on the social media, like him doing a front <laughs> back flip and you doing a front flip and see There's yeah,
2: things. Middle aged man in his garden, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And so for you now what are your your future rugby ambitions like if we're talking about you personally what do you want to achieve as a rugby player
3: just be just keep playing and i think the way the rugby's going especially over in england is just kind of make sure i can have a team to play for because obviously yeah. what's happening with irish as well for my oh. parents, it's not great so i think you know, it's, it's, it's keep playing well so I can keep kind of staying if that's a Benetton or, or whatever that is just keep playing as much as possible and push whoever else is in that spot because you know, I'm competing with Tommy Albinoz who's an unbelievable player like had an unreal season yeah I just want to keep pushing him so I can try and play as many games as possible
1: but, I mean that's testament to you right like he is unbelievable and yeah. you are absolutely like both up there um we were so so thrilled when when we had that you were coming over i
0: couldn't believe it when i saw they'd got you to be honest i was like that's such it was such a big signing <laughs> for us so this guy's one of the stars of the premiership and he's coming over to Treviso. Oh, thank you for that appreciate that <laughs> you're very welcome well, We we butter you up jacob because then we've got something very serious to talk about <laughs> Because we we uh, obviously have this podcast, which is the world's greatest podcast, but the podcast, you know, as you know, needs some stash and clothing lines. And I <laughs> knew was it was coming, you know, and Composure Club. You know, I think it's a match made in heaven. You play in Italy, Paolo, your business partner, he, he's going to play for Italy. cars are
3: aligning. There's definitely something to to work
0: with here.
1: Spritz and scrums and Composure Club.
0: You know, you could design it, Jacob, artistic man. And, oh, Paolo uh, Designs, I just, I just do the business.
1: That's so fun. How did that come alive? Like, where did that come from?
3: well we both wanted to start clothing around pabs started like a couple of they printed a couple of t-shirts i think when he was younger and then uh, the actual story came from me saying stay composure instead of like keep your composure or stay composed in like a very serious team huddle before the prem- premiership sevens final against saris when yeah. he was losing because everyone just couldn't concentrate um and then we just kind of floated the idea of well we- we want to start a brand and then Composure Club just came up because we, we kept saying it around the club and they were like, oh, you guys are the Composure Club. And then, yeah, it kind of went from there. And it's, it's fine. It's like a, a nice little thing to do on the side it's obviously been very difficult of late obviously being in two different countries and everything was yeah. England but we we're, we're we're working at it and it, it's slowly getting there
0: so what you're saying Jacob is you need some ambassadors for your brand in England you know that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing here you can talk off air and we can sort some of
1: the yeah, yeah.
2: Out. believe it or not I used to work in fashion um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no <laughs> one's gonna believe that no, no, no one's, one's gonna <laughs> believe
2: that no I did uh, I ran the pr campaign for rihanna in 2014 when she did her river island collection No way! this and sounds like reason, such
1: a lie but it's, it's not, not it's not really and,
2: uh, yeah I, I just i did all the press for it and um my like blogger outreach and got it out to like america and all these big magazines and little did they know that this guy <laughs> was behind it all yeah it was um that's a true story
0: You're actually making this actually sound like a job interview. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh man, that's
2: that's amazing. Yeah. So I was writing, I was writing blogs for Rihanna. You ever meet Rihanna? No, no, no. They wouldn't let me near (laughs) her. Okay.
1: The many, many lives of Coach. Not only do they not believe that you were once a wing, you also wrote (laughs) blogs for Rihanna
2: and uh, Idris Elba. You are full of surprises. No offense, but (laughs) no, I was as surprised as you when I was at my desk going, "Why am I writing for Rihanna?"
1: So you're back home in Yorkshire now?
2: No, in Coventry.
1: Oh, coach, he's down the road from you.
3: Oh, where are you? I'm in Sully Hall. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. The
1: you're back home for a few days and then where are you off to? Have you been before, Italy?
3: So, yeah, See, I'm here for, back home for 10 days and then me and my girlfriend are going to America um, oh. for a two-week holiday. Los Angeles, Las Vegas. <laughs> and Arizona.
1: How cool! And then how does it work? The season's over. You've got some time off. When do you kind of have to be back?
3: Start of July, end of June is our first day back.
1: Oh, wow. And that's for like pre-season
3: season. And it's the longest pre-season ever. ever. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> because the show.
1: season doesn't start till November, October, November.
0: Over. It's, it's, yeah, it's not going to be fun.
1: Wow. Four months of pre-season.
0: Um, You'll look like Johnny Bravo by the end of it. <laughs> I,
3: hope, I hope.
1: I wonder what they're going to have you do. Well,
3: I, I know what they're going to have us do. It's a lot of running. And apparently the Italian summer's very hot. I've, I've never yeah. it, actually been a part of one. But boys are telling me that it gets up to the high
0: 30s. And yeah. Bad as well. So I'm not looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, good luck.
0: <laughs> we'll be thinking of you. We'll be in the sunshine, having a spritz, thinking about your hard work. All the commitment you make for us, so thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Going back quickly to sort of your, your personal ambitions, you've obviously played for England already, but you're eligible for like a bunch of countries, right?
3: Uh, yeah, another two countries, yeah, technically.
1: And if you stay in Italy long enough?
3: <laughs> Could it be three?
1: Because your your dad, right, wanted you to play for New Zealand and your mum obviously wanted you to play for England. Is that right?
3: Uh, yeah, my dad, yeah, he wanted to push me for... Well, yeah, he wanted to play for New Zealand growing up um Obviously, being hard, being over here, and I don't think I'd actually get in a look over there now. Obviously, with my quality tens, they've got, and then my mum was always yeah, because I came through the English age grade system. She wanted me to to play for England
1: and Samoa, so right? That's yeah,
3: and Samoa as well because of my dad's parents. They are fully Samoan. He's half sumber. uh
0: He's full Samoan. So I'm half
3: Samoan. To so qualify for them as well.
0: I mean, it's interesting because I remember speaking once to Dean Budd, who used to be the captain of Benetton, who's a Kiwi. He was sort of saying that in New Zealand, if you play outside of New Zealand, even no matter what you do, no matter how impressive it is, it's never impressive enough for them.
3: No, it's not. You have to kind of do it in the in the country.
1: Well, I suppose as you say, like the the difference between like. In New Zealand, it's like you eat, live and breathe rugby. Yeah, um, twenty-four-seven. I can imagine like there it's not in training you go hundred percent. There in training it must be like you do 150% just to like yeah. prove yeah, yourself. And
3: the standards are so high because you know I would be all like the all blacks are one drives to kind of those standards, I imagine.
0: Well, you've got your uncle to thank for that as well. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> Set the tone. And uh, what
1: uh, if you had to put a bet on who you think's gonna win the World Cup. Someone
3: asked me this the other day. I actually I think I said France i said france or ireland at the time
1: ireland i mean if they can get out what is it they've never made it past a quarterfinal i think obviously
2: france having a home world cup absolutely massive for them the coach isn't convinced what are you thinking i think ireland i just think france might do what we did and just completely fall apart in the home world cup i think it's a poison challenge because i know i remember in new zealand they they also struggled it with it being at home because it was just such a momentous occasion it was like almost expected so i don't know i think
0: I think it's a bit of a curse having it at home. I think he's saying that more out of hope than anything. Coach went to the <laughs> 2007 World Cup final in France and there was a rail strike and he's never forgiven them.
2: Yeah, because we knocked them out, didn't we? We knocked them out to get to the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They knew there was going to be 50,000 English fans coming over from Calais. <laughs> so they all went on strike. They all just went home.
1: Wait, did you not go? Did you not make it?
2: No, there was one train from Calais and we all piled on. It was just full of Brits and South Africans getting crammed onto a train. And then when we got to Paris, we found out that all the metros had gone on strike as well. So we had to walk to the hotel, which was like three miles. Oh. So yeah, I've never forgiven them. And then someone threw a bottle at me. Once. <laughs> so, it was a fun experience. But
1: yeah, it was a good day. <laughs> we won't keep you much longer but um i think we had a couple of just like final sort of silly questions do you have any kind of pre match rituals that you do
3: not really no the only thing i would i've kept the same warm-up pretty much uh when i go onto the pitch for since i was probably like 16 but just obviously force a habit um uh, no nah, nothing
1: no music that like specific songs or
3: nah if my if music fluctuates massively or, or i don't listen to music kind of just whatever i'm feeling at
0: the time no superstitions put your left sock on first then your right sock turn no, around three I've times never met
3: anyone that, that does
0: do that um no i don't have any at all
1: i can imagine italians are quite superstitious with that.
3: Uh, oh actually the he used to have a lot he said before he came to Wasp, i think it was he had a lot um because he i roomed with him quite a lot and he was telling me to the point where he was like driving himself crazy that he yeah. uh, before a
0: game i used to have a couple of superstitions but i don't know why because it's not like i was very good <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's not, like, not like everything's working and like oh we need to keep it exactly the same. It's like, no, I was a bit shit last week, I'll be a bit shit this week. <laughs> Why did not I change it up?
2: <laughs> Coach, did you have any? Uh, no, I didn't. No, I, I don't think I did. I liked listening to music before I turned up. Rihanna. (laughs) Rihanna mega mix. Yeah, no, just just some music. No no superstitions. I mean, all I had to do was stand there and wait for the ball to go to me and then run straight.
1: And now that you're in Italy, do you have a favourite food? I've
3: always loved pizza as a as a kid and this is one place interview so it's a spaghetti house santa lucia we're gonna write this down guys anytime we have someone come over we just go there and like they've, they didn't speak any english when we first came in uh, and now they've like started there's one guy that can kind of speak english and they're like they see me, like,
1: ah jacob and i'm like
3: <laughs> i love it and the pizzas are unbelievable
1: what's your go-to pizza
3: It's the Marie Monti, which is the prawn and prawn and rocket, maybe, I think it is.
1: Wow.
3: Yeah, it's amazing. Right, add that to the list.
1: You've convinced me to try prawn on a pizza. I would never think to put prawn on a pizza.
3: I don't eat meat, so that's I just eat fish. So that's probably why I I try that.
1: And your favorite drink?
3: Um, I'd never really had an Aperol spritz before I'd been to Italy. So first week I had quite a few. They were very, very nice and so, so cheap as well. So yeah, I love the apple
1: spritz. I was, we were in a pub the other day in London, and I was quoted fifteen pounds for an apple spritz. Fifteen pounds. Obviously, I didn't have it, but no, it criminal.
0: And it's all going to be soda water as well.
1: Yeah, they don't know how to make it here.
0: Not at all. And your favourite colour? <laughs> Green.
1: Green. <Of> course.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> this has been great. Do we have any more? Quick questions for Jacob. I
0: don't know. Eddie stole my last one. I did. <laughs> that's
1: what you really <laughs> wanted to know. I
0: feel like Coach is getting a little bit too popular, so I need to keep him in his box and still his jokes.
1: <laughs> and who's your who's your team bestie?
0: Ooh,
3: that's a good one. Um, probably closest to Scott Scrafton oh uh, Okay. But all kind of the all the foreign lads all kind of hang out together. So, but I definitely would speak to him uh, the most. I played with him in Auckland for the year. Oh, of course. Cool. Actually, get on the. Pitch with him because he, I think he had done his ACL, but yeah, he's a he's a good lad. Obviously, like Marcus Watson as well.
0: I didn't make the Auckland connection with Scott Scrafton He's back from injury. He'll be back for next season. Unsure. how it's six months now, and they've got him at a
3: year or fifteen months type of thing. Only. But he's taking it slow. He's not in any rush to kind of get back. And obviously, with the amount of second round you've got next year, um, I don't think he'll need to rush.
0: Particularly with that beastly preseason you've got coming up. Yeah, you'll know, time it just right, knowing him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, my last question is just, if there was one thing that you could tell people back in the UK or sort of the English speaking rugby world that maybe they don't know about Italian rugby, is there something that shocked you when you came over or something that maybe you think people aren't aware of?
3: I would personally just say, watch out in four years time like for the next world cup because there's so many good young italian players coming through and i think the amount you know i've got men cello garbisi i've not seen leo marine play but apparently he's a yeah. very good player and the canonis as well like i think in another four years of them being part of a very good squad and then you add a couple more experienced players around there, i think that the next world cup they could definitely do some some damage I think that's amazing
1: a great, great point. We were sort of semi talking about this just before you joined us that we were at a wedding yesterday and Eddie was chatting about the podcast and saying that we follow Italian rugby and obviously it's a wedding in, in London and everyone's like, oh yeah, it's a shame, you know, Italy just get beaten all the time. And the narrative, we were saying, I think is going to change almost overnight. As soon as like people realise, hang on a minute, it's not that they're getting beaten every game they play. Suddenly it will be like, oh, yeah, Italy are amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Without
1: realising that there's been years and years and years of growth um, under the radar.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jason. Yeah, no right. Thank you for having me. Love I'll get coach to get in touch about the PR for the uh, spritz and scrums composure club yes. uh, yeah. he's uh, got a great CV apparently <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jacob this has been so great thank you so much for joining us it's been Brilliant. so so interesting
0: enjoy California
1: Enjoy your
0: holiday and look forward to seeing you on the pitch after the off-season.
3: October in the six months time or so.
1: Well, we'll definitely be coming out for some games. Um, There's sort of rumours of a um, pre-Match pre-World Cup warm-up of Italy versus Japan in Treviso. In August oh, nice. so I feel like we're always in Treviso in the winter so it might be nice to experience a blurring yeah. hot summer so we might see you there but otherwise we'll definitely see you on the pitch have a great three weeks of off season <laughs> very much enjoy them
0: and congratulations on a really successful first season in Benetton you know pleasure to watch well
1: done for adapting to to what must have been
0: a crazy year thank you very much it'll go in your autobiography one day
1: (laughs) stay composure (laughs) bye thank you so much for joining us thank you bye what a nice guy that was great really good actual legend going places yeah right I'm so excited for well, he's so young and his future is going to be incredible. But also, like, how lucky are we that we've still got him at Benetton for another year?
0: And he's getting better and better and better.
1: And after four months of preseason, God knows what he'll be like. <laughs>
0: as in, he was amazing at Wasps and then obviously a bit of a shock. But by the end of the season for Benetton, he was on absolute fire.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. As he said and as, as we said in previous episodes, you know, it's a really hard choice now who you start at 10. And, like, we're talking about Tommy Albinoz, who's, like, an international superstar for his own country. So to be brand new to a club and be fighting for that position, totally in contention, on a level playing field with him, I think it's so impressive. Absolutely. Right. Well, Coach, I'm off to uh, edit your backflip video please be kind <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna do who wore it best basically you or Rhino. that's
2: great I'll wait for them.
1: thank you to Jacob what a superstar that was so much fun and I feel like I've shaken off my Monday bank holiday hangover just by spending an hour chatting to him
0: arrivederci ciao
1: ciao a tutti ciao, ciao.